Welcome to the Spricker Live Show. This is episode 36 for December 2nd, 2015. Thank you for listening. I'm Rob Greenlee and work for Spreaker as the head of content, longtime podcaster. Been doing this for about 11 years and had a nationally syndicated radio show called Web Talk Radio for many years and have worked at places like Podcast One and Microsoft around podcasting. And joining me on the show today, we have a fabulous guest here. Uh, we have Mira Lafferty, who is the editor and writer and has also been a longtime podcaster. She's been doing podcasts uh, for about 11 years also. So she's a podcasting veteran as well and is one of the uh, the first of the group of podcast Hall of Famers uh, at the podcast movement uh, event this past year. So she's part of a, of a short list of six uh, podcasters that got inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. So she has a podcast called I Should Be Writing and the Ditch Diggers Show. She tends to write about the life as a writer from the standpoint of a beginner and a pro. And, and she's won many podcast awards. And uh, she can be found uh, online at merverse.com. Mer, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much. It, it, it's great to actually meet you, really, because we, we hadn't really talked too much in the past. It's amazing how you know both of us can be involved in this space for 11 years and not, not actually meet each other so much. But, but I guess it's great that we, it seems appropriate that we meet on a podcast. What do you think? Yeah, it does. But, you know, when, you're, uh, when your medium requires you to sit behind a mic alone, there's not that many opportunities for paths to cross. So it, it's not that crazy, but it is, it is strange that we've never met. Yeah, de- most definitely. And I've, I've definitely heard of your name. I know that you've been involved in uh, some podcasting books in the past, and, and so you've been really, really deeply involved in the podcasting space. As we'll find out here, you kind of also have a kind of a unique approach to podcasting as well, and we kind of wanted to explore that a little bit. And, and before we kind of get started too much further, I wanted to play an audio clip from your, uh, your I Should Be Writing podcast. So our listeners here can kind of get a flavor of the kind of podcast that you do, and then maybe you can kind of expand on that and kind kind of take us into the realm of uh, what you think about podcasting and where it's going and kind of your kind of unique approach to podcasting. So let's play that clip from a, a recent episode here. Okay. November usually is a time of reflection for me, whether I want to or not. And I think it's because of that time. Not always bad, not always good. Just, I've just been feeling kind of tired and stagnant. And then I was thinking back to that time. And I thought, this was the time when I had nothing to lose. I did not have a podcast. I didn't have an audience. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have an editor. I didn't have a writing career. I had uh, a toddler. And I had a couple of RPG writing jobs. And that was it. So I started creating. I did anything that came to mind. I did podcasts. I did stories. I did novellas. I did novels. I did... If I had an idea for a podcast, I'd do it. I didn't care about scheduling. I didn't care about co-host. If I found a co-host, great. If I didn't, who cares? Keep going. And now I don't do that anymore. And I'm trying to figure out why. And part of it, I think, is the fact that I do have contracts for bigger projects and I have to put my focus toward them. I can't just throw darts at a wall and hope one sticks. I have to actually stop and focus on throwing the dart. If that metaphor doesn't work, I'm sorry, but it's what came to mind. But I know that a lot of my time, I'm sitting here paralyzed by fear. I'm afraid of failure. And it's funny because I tell you guys, I say, you have to decide what is failure and what is success. You ha- this is all subjective. Some people think publishing a short story is a success. Some people think getting a million dollar book deal is a success and nothing else will do. Some people think 
being able to call yourself a working writer is a success. Some people think making just enough to support yourself is a success. Some people think an award is success. I mean, there are all sorts of definitions of successes, and there's all sorts of definitions of failures. And I realize now I'm failing at just about everything because I'm too afraid to start. And this is utterly shameful. The embarrassing thing is I don't podcast regularly anymore, partly because I'm afraid of podcasting something bad, saying something useless or wrong or not having anything to say at all. I'll just be sit in front of the mic and be completely speechless or say exactly what I said two days ago. Not that I podcasted two days ago, but still, you're with me, right? I'm afraid to blog for the same reason, especially since blogs are easier to get passed around and more people who criticize you will read it. And by criticize, I don't always mean criticize. I mean harass, threaten, all that kind of thing. I am of the uh, gender and political opinions that often get targeted online. So that's a real fear, but it's not a crippling fear. I have people who have suffered much more than me have said and continue to say many more important things. I'm afraid to start new things. Part of me, I think, desires the approval of the new professional people I have in my life, namely agent, editors, things like that. I have said for a long time that I want to do a video series for you guys, and I haven't started it because I'm afraid. Mira, that's uh, really, really interesting, um, your perspective on on podcasting. I'm I'm sure there's a whole lot more to your perspective than just that clip that, that we played, but I think it's really indicative, I think, of a certain aspect of podcasting that doesn't get talked a lot about, and that's um, that there is a certain amount of fear that goes into doing this kind of stuff, and that every podcaster that started doing this has to kind of overcome that. And I think it's also something that holds a lot of people back, too. So so why don't you expand a little bit on, on that and what you were trying to, to talk about in that clip that I played for you? Well, I think for any creative person, anything you make is scary. I have that with podcasting and writing and uh, doing audio dramas or whatever. There's the fear of failure. There's the fear of doing something that gets goes viral in a bad way. You know, you see people who say, they may say something bad or wretched or mean, but sometimes when the internet responds, they respond in a way that's like a child breaks a plate and you shoot them as punishment. That's how, that's how some of the responses on the internet feels to people messing up. So there's the fear of that. There's fear of failure. There's the fear, and then there's the fear of nobody listening. And then there's the fear of too many people listening and suddenly you're obligated yeah. to continue to uh, feed the masses. There's so many out there. And as I said, when I started podcasting, I didn't worry about any of that. There were less than a thousand of us. Yeah. Um, and there were probably half as many more who were actually listening. So yeah. <laughs> maybe a thousand podcasters and 1,500 listeners or something. Yeah. So the, that fear wasn't there. It was just, you know, make something and throw it out there and see what happens. And now it's, it's there's so many more things to listen to. So you worry that you can be podcasting into an abyss of other noise. I don't know. It's 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 just something that everybody has to get over. And my position right now is because I'm working with an agent and an editor for my writing career, every time I think, hey, what if I make this really cool thing? I think, oh, well, maybe I should run it by my agent. Oh, maybe my editor will have something to say about it. And then I just think, well, 
maybe I just won't do it at all. Yeah. Because it's it's the it stops being exciting. Yeah. Then. Well, it's maybe, it, maybe everything just turned into work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's it's the whole thing of I mean, you kind of get in this kind of psychological loop with it of realizing that a mistake can happen, right? And you're going to look bad. And on the other side, you have pressure to be professional and. And, you know, I struggle with this, too, with the the shows that I do, too, because sometimes producing these things can be complicated, right? There can be things that can go wrong. I mean, I try and do these shows live, and, and, and invariably doing things like that, something's going to go wrong, right? It's just it's just the nature of it. I've been doing this long enough to, to know I used to do live radio. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, that's the ultimate fear. <laughs> because, yeah, I can't, yeah. Because something always goes wrong. I mean, there there's something, and you do have to kind of get over that. You have to, to just kind of accept it. And, and I also have accepted over the many years, and a lot of people don't really understand this, is the aspect of being authentic and real and the power of that being yeah. being who we are so i mean it's the same thing that we would do if we went out and met somebody for coffee in a co- you know coffee shop and we talked about stuff there's flaws in that conversation as well um it just it's it's part of the nature of the dogs barking in the background just like what yeah. just happened with us right and it, that's just the nature of this medium and that's what makes this medium what it is and such a unique medium is that you can do that kind of stuff but but you as a person you have to get over that somehow right yeah i know so many people who say they don't like the sound of their own voice and i'm yeah. like yeah. everybody says that nobody likes the sound of their own voice that's just something you have to get over yeah when you said you were going to play a clip from my show my first thought was oh god no i oh. have to listen to this <laughs> Right, but I I got through it. I'm okay now. Yeah, are you kind of kind of settled down now? And we're yeah, all good. I'm okay, good. all right. I'm good. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I hear people say that too. I've been hearing people say that for years as well. It's like, oh, I hate my voice. I hate my voice. But but then people always come back and say, you know, your voice sounds great. You know, it's that yeah, it's that reinforcement that we need to keep going. And I think. That's the other aspect of podcasting, too, that's fabulous, too, is that if you can engage your audience and get that feedback, then, then you can get that affirmation and that reinforcement. But not everybody, not everybody gets that at the beginning, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how did it make you feel as a podcaster to get recognized and get accepted into the Hall of Fame? Did it, I mean, I mean, did it give you more confidence? Did you feel less fear or more fear? Oh, more, definitely. <laughs> there's more pressure there, right? Is that yeah, what more was? pressure. Yeah. There's, there's, I felt that everybody else who was being honored was a big deal, and I was not. And yeah, no, I get it. it's, it's just, it's just hard to articulate. It was, it was just baffling. I, I, it took me a while to realize, you know, this does mean something, and, you know, you've been doing it for a long time, and, You've inspired other people, and that's good. So did you get a sense, um, and probably since you were baffled about it, did you get a sense of uh, maybe what you had done that uh, put you in a position to be recognized like that? Is it something unique that you brought to podcasting, do you think? Or is it just duration? Or I mean, did you go through those struggles as well to figure that out? Well, I, I don't know if I went through the struggles. I know it's, it's I think something people need to do if, you, if you've had a creative life and you think that you've achieved nothing is to actually sit down and make a list of your projects. Yeah. Because uh, it may surprise you. Yeah, so I've done that before and looked at the list going, wow, who is that? <laughs> I don't who know that person, that? right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's an impressive list. Yeah. I didn't do that because I can't do anything impressive. No, it's um, <laughs> I know that I've done a lot of stuff. And I wrote a book with Rob Walsh back in 2006. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I've started a lot of shows. And some of them are no longer and some of them have been passed on to other people. And I think longevity also is there. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah. It's interesting. Podcasting seems to still be in a sort of niche market. I mean, everybody's you, you've got your stars, but your stars usually are only in people who like cooking shows. They're going to have their stars. Yeah. And if that podcaster shows up to an event I'm at, I may not know who they are because I don't listen to cooking shows. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it was funny being told, you know, we were being inducted into the Hall of Fame and and. Uh, Scott Sigler's a good friend of mine, and we were walking around together, and nobody paid any attention to us. Nobody cared. <laughs> and so uh, it was interesting. I guess it's like it felt more like this is a note for the history books and not a there's a famous person here at Podcast Movement. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. So uh, I think the kind of pioneers of these types of things don't get thought of as kind of current stars necessarily, but they're, yeah. they're viewed as kind of um, – Kind of, kind of luminaries from the perspective that they kind of plowed the ground for others, and I think that's that's kind of kind of what it means for me. I know I had the same type of talk with Todd Cochran, who got inducted as well, and and he had uh, people um, ask him, you know, who he was and all this kind of stuff. I think. Do you have a podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's my so, favorite question. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like these these are the same people that were just at the event, right? And yeah, they, and they're they're podcasters, but they don't know about the people that were just inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, it's it's this disconnect that actually happens between people that are, I think, just getting started and learning about about the medium and those that have been in the medium in a, a long time that have that have known all the players, that have heard the names, or, or have actually engaged at a deeper level where they could uh, discover all these people. Because I think that that's the other thing that I've noticed is that in the early days of podcasting, um, the podcasters that were involved in this medium knew of each other more than they do today. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it, and I'm not sure why it's different in that way, but it's definitely different in that way. Well, it's, it's uh, podcasting is so much bigger now. Yeah. The fact that the stars are, most of the stars are people who were already stars in another medium and yeah. came to podcasting. That's right. Or from radio or something, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's just gotten so big. And, you know, I don't, I, I'm not upset that people didn't know who we were. No, yeah. It was, it, it. I'm not, I just want to make that clear. Yeah. It was just kind of funny that, that you're told you're put in a hall of fame and yet you're not famous among the people you're around yeah but you you know it's also a a sign that look how big it's gotten and you know like you said we helped make that happen regardless of whether they know they knew who drew the maps or not yeah and that's okay i mean i don't i don't want to sit there and and learn the history of a hobby i just picked up that's that's not exciting yeah so yeah. yeah i think that the focus does tend to focus on looking forward not looking past exactly and i think that's that that's just indicative of that and and I think that that's that that's just what happens in any I think area I think of that's um, grown over a long period of time, which is ten years I guess isn't a long period of time, but it's it's relatively a long period of time to a lot of the it new people. Feels in here, like right? it, yeah, yeah. I still I still remember the fresh feeling of the annoyance when all of the. Uh, when iTunes started supporting podcasting and then all the radio shows started syndicating and suddenly every, if you ever, ever got on the front page of iTunes, you were gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was a good, beautiful moment. And now it's no longer. Sorry. That's right. It's never going to happen again. It's all it's all Ira Glass all the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. So but, you know, on the other hand, when other media did come in, it legitimized us. Yeah. And so we got to you know, we can't. Can't put it down for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
This show is uh, live streamed every Wednesday uh, from 3 p.m. Pacific to 6 p.m. Eastern um, off of the speakerliveshow.com site. We're actually pre-recording this, so this 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 episode is actually not live, but it's uh, the, the unusual episode. So I was just trying to fit it in before the holidays. Um, but uh, you can get this this podcast in iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and soon the Google Play Music platform, and you can get it on um on Spreaker at Spreaker.com as well. And we definitely want to hear from you, the listener. Send me an email if you have a question, comment, or suggestion. Send it to Rob at Spreaker.com. And if you have a support question, if you're a Spreaker podcaster and you have a question, uh, you can send that to support at Spreaker.com and that'll go to a, our support team uh, at Spreaker. And if you wanted to tweet about us, you can certainly tweet us at Spreaker using the hashtag Spreaker Live. And I wanted to play a little show promo of a uh, of a podcast as part of the the Adore uh, podcast uh, network that's run by uh, Spreaker. So let's play a little audio promo from the Doug Stewart show. This show is is half of the famous duo of the Two Live Crew show. It's a sports podcast uh, that was uh, on broadcast radio for many, many years. So let's play that audio promo for that, that particular episode or that show. So you can get a flavor for it. Maybe you maybe you want to tune in and check it out if you're a sports and and culture fan. So let's let's play that short clip here. If you came here to hear for fake, you are in the wrong place. We are for real around here. We keep it real. This is the Doug Stewart Show, the livest, the realest, the trillest sports talk show in America. Are you not entertained? This is sports talk with hot sauce, Texas Pete hot sauce, the Doug Stewart Show. Yeah! Game time. What's up? <laughs> it's game time, baby. Welcome to the Doug Stewart Show. What's happening? Oh boy, oh boy, we got a lot of great things we're going to get into today as we do every single day. Uh, Shouts out to everybody already in the chat room, going to have a lot of fun. Last show before the holidays or before Thanksgiving, bring that beat back one more time, damn it. Yes sir, yes sir. (laughs) Shouts out to everybody already in the chat room, all of the Stewies. Oh, yeah, if you're new to the Doug Stewart Show, you should be in the So that's a little uh, sample clip from the Doug Stewart Show. So go go check that show out on Spreaker. And if you wanted to go directly to that, you can certainly go to the Adore.fm site. So definitely go check that out. And if you want to send me an audio clip, that would be fantastic. It's up to 30 seconds, and I'll play it as a promo on the show. We also have um, some great blog posts at blog.spreaker.com. Go check out a, a video that I made. It's a video demo from the Spreaker podcast radio app for Android. It's actually a little uh, 12-minute uh, video that uh, I put up there. And then also um, the new Spreaker Studio app for Windows and Mac. We've added uh, the microphone volume boost and audio limiting. So there's more controls in the um, the Spreaker Studio app. So you can control the volume of your uh, microphone and stuff. So l- let's get back and talk a little bit about uh, how you typically create your shows and the content production approach that you typically have with your uh, shows. So we can kind of share that. I mean, do you have a 
a home studio, that kind of stuff? Not as such. I pretty much record at my desk. I've got, uh, I'm invested in some fairly good microphones, but I'm still pretty simple. I recorded in our guest room back when I had a laptop, but I switched to a desktop, so now I have to record at the desk. I record using Amadeus Pro because I got tired of Audacity crashing many, many years ago. And Amadeus Pro is very similar to Audacity's UI, so you just have to pay a little bit more on, and you have to pay a little bit, and then you have like an Audacity that doesn't crash. I'm not a big fan of Audacity. I've never thought it was that great. The MP3 encoder wasn't that great either. So, yeah. Yeah. I do minimal editing because I have learned that if I know I have like an hour show to edit, I won't do it. It'll just sit on my computer. So pretty much what I do is I'll edit out the long pauses. And if I ever get on a tangent, I realize I don't want to go there or I'm interviewing somebody and they're not comfortable with the question I've asked, which has maybe happened once, but I still always offer them the option. Then I'll cut, but I do I do minimal editing. It's just <laughs> I just know what I'll do. I've tried to work with a producer before, but um, I can't. I have trouble getting a regular schedule going. So he yeah. had a day job, and so I would record when I could, and then I'd send it to him, and then he would deal with it when he could. And so I I would think, hey, I'd like to get a podcast up this afternoon, and but I couldn't do it if I worked with a production person because I had to work with his schedule as well. So I finally just decided to cut out everything that that stopped me. And Mm -hmm. so now my shows are extraordinarily like they were 10 years ago, just maybe better quality. I'm pretty simple. I find that other stuff just bogs me down. Yeah. There's a lot of people that agree with you. I know Todd Cochran, who I do a show with every week called The New Media Show. We do that live uh, also. You know, it's live video. So it's, it's a little difficult to do a lot of editing on, on video. So it's, it's uh, you know, what uh, gets gets produced. You know, I do some post-production, uh, especially if it's just audio, um, to try and clean it up, make it sound better, just kind of shorten things. Because th- there can be this episode, I'm going to do some post-production on just because we had some, some things that uh, didn't go exactly right. Um, during the episode that's the power of podcasting too you can actually do that if you want to especially when you record so it's definitely it's always there as an option and i think it creates a it can create a better listening experience for the the audience but i think you can also do it the other way too i mean if if there are just little small little things i think you can let those things go I think I find for a lot of listeners it humanizes the podcaster. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Or I can hear that in your podcasts. I can definitely hear that that, you know, you're who you are and that's just that's part of why people want to tune in and listen to you is because it doesn't have a big filter on there and I think that that's a big thing that's different about podcasting than from radio. Mhm. Definitely. It's authentic, it's real, and that's what people want today. And I, I also believe that the millennials out there, the, the younger generation that's coming up, they value that a lot because there, there's just so much kind of, I mean, especially now in the politics of our, our world today, there's just a lot of things that are phony, right? People just want mm-hmm. to know that what they're hearing or what they see in the world is is real and not just fake. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So as you kind of look forward with what you're doing with podcasting and with uh, writing, are those things going in tandem with, with each other? Are you doing more, more audio books or are you, what's happening with your, you know, with your content creation that you're doing today? Well, I'm doing my two podcasts about writing. Okay. One, yeah. one is uh, that I should be writing is for the anybody who ever said I'd like to write a book someday but never has talk a lot about all the things that stop authors from becoming authors. Uh A lot of it is fear. But then I started a new show earlier this year called Ditch Diggers, where Uh 
my friend Matt Wallace and I talk about writing as a career, you know, you don't get the luxury of writer's block when you're, you've got bills to pay. <laughs> so we say you have to approach writing like a blue collar job. So that's why we call it ditch diggers. As for podcasting my fiction, I don't do it so much anymore. It's put in my book contracts that I narrate the audiobooks, but I do that at a studio and someone else produces it. So I really am just the narrator there. I just haven't done, I've been trying to more sell my fiction rather than podcast it for free now uh-huh. because I've, gotten better in the past 10 years and some people are actually willing to buy it. Sure. I'm working on a story I plan to release via my website, so I may uh, record that as well soon. But I don't have big plans for fiction in the future. But I'm going to keep podcasting because I've heard a lot of people tell me that my podcast is what got them to start writing or got them to start writing again or talk, frankly, about depression on my show. And people have said that me talking about it encouraged them to go get help. And so um, so long as I'm still achieving those things, I don't see myself stopping. Yeah. So you think that the the podcast kind of can can help people with uh, topics like depression and those kind of things? Do you think it? I mean, th- does it help them? Th- does the podcast help them better understand what's happening with that? You know, you know, with you talking about it in the podcast, or is it more that you're inspiring them to get help? What's I would the- say the second. You know, okay. I I have to say I am not a doctor. I am not a therapist. I'm just somebody who. Yeah. Uh, deals with depression and and ha- was saved by medication. And so anybody who says that your creativity is stifled by depression medication, I am firmly against that thought. There may be some medicines out there. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor or a pharmacist, but sure. getting treatment for your illness is not is more important than your creativity. That comes second. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a close second, but it's still second. I think it's more people hear that what they're experiencing is a not normal for a health healthy mind, B, they're not alone in having these problems. So A, it's a problem, and B, you're not the only one who has it. So maybe if this person goes to get help, maybe you can too. Yeah. So I think that's what that's more what people get out of it. Gotcha. Okay. So what's the best way for, for people listening to this to get uh, access to your two podcasts that you do? Where, where should they go? What's the- well, uh, everything I do is at merverse.com. Okay. Um, I did make a Spreaker app for Ditch Diggers for Android and iPhone, and I think those have gone live recently. Mm-hmm. So um, if you want to hear me and Matt on a non-clean show talking about writing as a profession, uh, that's where that is. Mur, it's been great to have you on the show. To- it's been great to be here. Thanks for uh, having me, Rob, and thanks for being flexible with my oh, hey. the, the clumsiness this afternoon. Definitely. No, no problem with that. It's just great to, to learn more about you and to to hear about your long journey in podcasting. You know, 11 years, I'm sure you did a lot of different stuff and a lot of different shows over the years. The same with me. I've done, you know, probably a dozen different shows over the years at various yeah. places that I've been working at and trying to, you know, keep this this medium alive. There was a few years where it was, where it was a little shaky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you recall, I'm sure. So, oh, definitely. But, yeah. You know, uh, as long as you're still talking into the mic, something's living about this medium. So. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot, a lot of new people 
involved in the medium today. So I'm trying to be that that, that voice that kind of brings the um, the old together with the new and trying to still stay connected with as many parts of this industry as possible because it does the podcasting space does tend to be a little fragmented. Uh, people kind of group up. There's the comedians and there's public radio people and there's the mm-hmm. sports people and there's the tech people. It, everybody kind of it's like high school where everybody yeah. kind of gets in their own little click and I try and hop around all the different clicks to hopefully connect everybody up. So that's that, that's been my role in the industry for many years. Well, it's um, important. Thank you for that. Well, I've been trying anyway. <laughs> it's not always an easy trying to get the, all, all the different parts of the industry to go to the events, uh, you know, like the New Media Expo, uh, uh, which I'm sure you've been to many times and and uh, and now podcast movement, which is the big thing that's happening now. So it's it's uh, and it doesn't appear like that the New Media Expo is going to be coming back again. So oh really? Yeah. I did not hear that. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be uh, something that's on the plate for the future. So I'll just put it to you that way. So so it looks like that our new tentpole for this industry is the podcast movement. So that's, Good to know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Murr. It's been great to have you on the show. And um, and so thank you to listeners listening to this. Uh, please give us a rating in iTunes uh, and, and certainly give me some feedback on the show. If you like what you hear, if you want something different, uh, I'm all ears. If you have a question, I'd be more than happy to address it on the show. Just send it to rob at speaker.com uh, and tweet about the show at Spreaker, hashtag Spreaker Live Show. It'd be great. And thank you for listening today. And uh, we'll, we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of the Speaker Live Show.